Uh, about a month ago, maybe two months ago, we were hanging out in the studio after a session uh, with the mics off. And I don't remember everyone who was here, but at some point I turned to Carl and I said, um, you weren't born yet in 9-11. I said it was really weird. Like, you can't really... It's very difficult to explain the mood of the country. Like, we could talk about Trump, but, like, the like that three months, six months after 9-11 was extremely bizarre. And so, um, I had the, uh, the, the time to, to ponder it over the past weekend because it was the big 20th anniversary, whatever. And I remembered that... Um, on the 12th, the next day, I read Hunter S. Thompson's uh, column in the ESPN. So the famous journalist, Hunter Thompson, gonzo journalist, one of his things he would do is write a column once a week on the ESPN website, which was like brand new. It was called Page Two. They always had one column a day on Page Two. Of course, his, his was called the Hey Rube. But this was um, <clears throat> this is a little bit of the essay that he, he wrote after, the, the, just the, the morning after 9-11. Um, the first bit of it is actually um, an indication of like where the media was at, because it sort of overblows what like the casualties could be, or like comparing it to Antietam and stuff like that. But I, I will tell people, for people who are old enough to remember, I mean, for about a week we thought it could be twenty thousand people, and only wound up being uh, three thousand or so that that died on nine eleven. I mean, when two buildings fall for a couple of days, you're like, I, that could be anything. You didn't know. So it, it, was a, it, was, it was a little strange. So he goes into that. But then the, the second half of it, I think, is, um, is a little more interesting to talk about. So I'll read it as an intro. The towers are gone now, reduced to bloody rubble, along with all hopes for peace in our time. In the United States or any other country, make no mistake about it, we are at war now with somebody. And we will stay at war with that mysterious enemy for the rest of our lives. It will be a religious war, a sort of Christian jihad, fueled by religious hatred and led by merciless fanatics on both sides. It will be guerrilla warfare on a global scale. No front lines, no identifiable enemy. Osama bin Laden may be the primitive, quote, figurehead, or even dead for all we know, but whoever put those all-American planes loaded with all-American fuel into the Twin Towers and the Pentagon did it with chilling precision and accuracy. The second one was a dead-on bullseye, straight into the middle of the skyscraper. We are going to punish somebody for this attack. But just who or what will be blown to smithereens for it is hard to say. Maybe Afghanistan, maybe Pakistan or Iraq, possibly all three at once. Who knows? Not even the generals in what remains of the Pentagon or the New York papers calling for war seem to know who did it or where to look for them. This is going to be a very expensive war, and victory is not guaranteed. For anyone, and certainly not for anyone as baffled as George W. Bush, all he knows is that his father started this war a long time ago and that he, the goofy child president, has been chosen by fate and the global oil industry to finish it now. He will declare a national security emergency and clamp down hard on everybody, no matter where they live or why. If the guilty won't hold up their hands and confess, he and the generals will ferret them out by force. Good luck. He is in for a profoundly difficult job, armed 
as he is with no credible military intelligence, no witnesses, and only the ghost of bin Laden to blame for the tragedy. Comrades and friends, hello. Um, you are in for a, an incredible treat on uh, today's Highlands Bunker podcast. We have a full studio and a full studio of friends. Uh, we have, obviously, Carl behind the board working um, four mics. One uh, belongs to Senator Marie Pinckney. Hello. Yo. Uh, the the co-producer of this episode and all-around great uh, Kent County uh, activist, Ty Greer. Hello, Ty. Hey. And for the first time in the Highlands Bunker, but he has been on for the uh, ACLU show, my man Hanif, who has been managing all of the uh, the big successful criminal justice reform projects for the ACLU. Hanif, what's going on? Hey, hey, hey. hey. How kind of you for those great words. <laughs> well, I will say, when it came up, because I'm always the one who, um, so maybe we'll talk about it, I'll, I'll ask um, Maria what her thoughts about it are. They're, oh, not Maria. Just what change I your say? name? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> They were just. <laughs> I don't take a lot serious. <laughs> <laughs> well, she to be honest, what people don't know is we were just talking about Maria Beauchamp. <laughs> and right behind Marie's head is uh, a Puerto Rico flag. It's right there. And so, nice yes, nice am save. I, look, am I susceptible to uh, being, uh, you know, confused? Yes. <laughs> um. Well, first, before we get to like specifics, let's talk about like your your freshman session in the uh, in the state senate. Um, what was it like? <laughs> what I mean, what made an impression on you? Like, I don't want to like point out one specific thing because there's so much different stuff you're dealing with that you never dealt with before. I'm interested to find out like just what what made an impression on you. So many things made an impression on me. Um... I think one of the biggest things that made an impression on me was I I anticipated more negativity than there was, if that makes sense. Um, I was a little bit more worried about being able to get things done. Um, but I feel like there there was more space for the freshman legislators, particularly in the Senate, to be able to get things done. Um, than I would have believed would have been possible for freshmen to do. What What do you attribute that to? Senate leadership, 100%. Um, we, you know, say what you will, but I believe we have an amazing Senate leadership team. Um, I believe that they really put the reins in our hands to try things, to figure it out. Um, they gave us guidance. They gave us support. But they made us committee chairs. Um, they did not stop us from trying to run certain bills. They put their name on our bills. Um, I think they really gave us the freedom to do the things that we said that we were going to do on during our campaigns. And so I, I definitely attribute it to Senate leadership and to strong freshman senators. Um, I don't think any of us came in with this idea that like we're going to play that fr that game that freshmen have to do like license place bills, right? Like none of us ran on <laughs> trying to give people like specialized license place like we ran on really wanting to like do things to change the state and to make the state a better place and so 
we came in with those ideas. We sat down with stakeholders and wrote those bills and met with drafters and, and policy analysts to really figure out the things that we wanted to work on. And we brought these bills before our leadership and our leadership allowed us to run them. Yeah, and maybe Ty has an opinion about this, but I think it's important to note that that leadership change in the Senate, was. which 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 was accompanied by sort of um sort of like a perspective change, like this is something different, mm -hmm. like this influx of new sort of people and new ideas and a new way, at least in the Senate, was at the the lesson was taken to heart. And again, I, I would expect, um, you know, politicians who are a little bit skilled and savvy to sort of uh, see which way the wind blows and get with the program. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is why stuff like this is so important, because if you do elect or organize behind people who can make that kind of change, hey. you do see you're, you're able to see something that like even surprised you. I was a little bit surprised, too, actually. That stuff, that stuff went down enough. Like, you know, I'm extremely pessimistic, and we'll get to all of the failures <laughs> of this session. <laughs> Believe me, the failures of the... There's a lot of stuff on here. It's not going to go. It's not going to be... There's so much writing on the book. It's not going to be book. good chat. <laughs> um, but, uh, well, here's, here's one. Uh, the clean slate uh, that Hanif worked on with the ACLU that we talked about on the podcast way back months ago... Um, expungements and other things that were there, you got some of that stuff. Yeah. Clean Slate went through. There were uh, two bills. One that expanded the misdemeanors and felonies that are included in uh, mandatory expungements, and then also the automation of expungements also passed. Right. And I, I, I think um, that Senator Pinckney is being way too humble and modest. Modest, I know. Um, I do think that it is because uh, uh, senators like her and certain other uh, legislators in their freshman year came in and continued to stand on the same principles that they came in on and did not blow with the wind. That's exactly. what we typically see with legislators, right? We mm -hmm. typically hear something during a campaign and then once the legislative season start, they just blow off into the wind and it's never heard of again. But individuals like her actually produced bills and stood behind those bills and was willing to fight when, who in my opinion, the same seniors that she attributes to the success were trying to get it in the way. People like her were willing to stand and say, no, this needs to get past this session. Yeah, I was, I mean, I'm not... I'm not going to take it easy on you, but I know. But, <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, but I have that. to. I, I, but I must, in the, in the interest of fairness, since we talk about fairness all the time, I must say that I was uh, particularly impressed by you know maybe a handful of of the new recruits, and you are certainly one of them. Um, what I mean, what was it like having to react to? I mean, you said it wasn't as bad as you thought it was going to be, sort of from a management perspective within your own caucus because there's super majorities so it's not really the other side's more of like a nuisance um but you had to react to some like reactionary nonsense <laughs> and i have to say that it was always reported as like uh senator pinckney uh 
made a curt statement and then walked away. Like, but it wasn't. How did you deal with it? Because a lot of that's I call it lunatic reactionary nonsense. I mean, I'm sure you were ready for it, but when you really when people start saying that to you, it must be pretty weird. Oh, that's an interesting question. Um, I am the kind of person, right? Like, if you're not coming at me with a debatable response, why would I waste my energy on you, right? Like, I enjoy debate. That's probably the best part of the job. It's like I get to, I'm allowed to, yes. like, go blow for blow for somebody with my words. It's, like, part of the job that's probably my favorite part. Um, but if you're not giving me, like, substance, if your argument is strictly based on your opinion and and a biased opinion, especially when the people that you call yourself trying to protect don't agree with your opinion, <laughs> then why would I like waste my energy on that? I think it's more and personally, I think it's more infuriating when you don't feed into people, right? Like I think that it bothers people and gets under their skin when they can't rattle you the way that they intend to. Yeah, I agree. I actually agree with that. I've said before, like, and, and again, I don't know if I always follow this, but I, I sort of, sort of dismiss it in whatever way it needs to be dismissed. Mm -hmm. right. Like, well, this is, that's why I guess I, my, the language I use to describe it is always so extreme. Because it's not serious. It's a game. It's like just a game. But it's a game like for, for, for kindergartners. And I understand why it sells. Because I understand why people would be so uh, quick to like just do that. Like just to accept, you know, sort of the, uh, the World Wrestling Federation sort of aspect of it. Like I get it. But it's still like, it's stupid. Like it's just dumb. It doesn't really require any kind of uh, reply at all. But, again, being the kind of person I am, you know, it would be <laughs> tough not to be like, come on. <laughs> you said that what you're saying? Wow, that's <laughs> fucking stupid. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then Carl always like, wow. No, you have to hit him with a, I don't really see what was there for me to respond to Sorry. appropriately. I don't think there was an argument of substance there. Mm -hmm. And then you do like a little chuckle. Mm -hmm. You know, the chuckle really mm -hmm. gets them. Yeah. <laughs> this is why I'll never run for anything. <laughs> I said that too before. So um, before we get into the first like big controversial topic, um, wh where, where do we think the criminal justice reform is going to go? With the cop bill of rights, everything sort of hanging in the balance. I was, again, I, you know, Tizzy uh, did seem to, like, take a little bit of a lead on trying to push something that was, like, dead, but she wasn't having it in the way that she does it, which is fine. Everybody has to do it the way they do it. Um, but where do we think this is going? Because, as I said, I had a conversation with Sinead Darby, and obviously it was a lot about police. And I'm, I'm fucking tired of it. And, um, like, I'm, you know, I've always said... That the cop bill of rights should be repealed. I know that's Completely. not going to happen. I know that's not no. going to happen. But like, what do we think we can legitimately get done with the with the pressure and the and the power that you know the progressive left has and the people who want significant reform? What do you think we can do in the next term? You want me to start? Yes. Okay. <laughs> you you are you're a state senator. You're a state, state, state sometimes, senator. Sometimes. Well, I, I would. That's I would what they tell me. You're gonna um yes. What you think is gonna be most important. <laughs> so, honey, if we just talked about this is like our third time together in the last week or so. Um, awesome. I I am not 
being like overly optimistic. I am not being like shooting for the stars here. I I one hundred percent believe that we're going to get SB one ninety passed this year. Um, the way that it is now. I don't know. I and I think we. I think that everybody involved in this process knows that it's not going to pass the way that it is now. Um, I think that it was important for us to run the bill that we had because it made a statement that we are working on this. We are committed to this and you're not going, we're not going to be scared off from working on such important legislation. I 100% believe that we're going to get this bill done. I believe in the process that Senator Lachman is putting behind this to make sure that it's a public facing process to make sure that we don't have just the police driving this reform, but that Hanif is at the table, that Ty is at the table, that the entire ACLU, Smart Justice, ODS, that the people who have been doing this work are engaged, that the community has an opportunity to see this process. Um, and I know that it gets easy to think like, the cops run this process, but I don't believe that that's true. I I 100% believe that the bill that even comes out of this that gets passed and signed by the governor is going to be a stronger bill than what we have right now in SB 190, 149. Um, I I think that what what is there is a good bill, but I think that the process that Senator Lachman and I have had conversations about that Hanif has been a part of, that ODS has been a part of, that DOJ has been a part of, of how we're going to move forward with what is out there now is is going to be like vital. And I think that it's going to produce a really, really strong bill. And I'm, I'm not saying that because I'm like happy-go-lucky and believe in all things possible. I really, truly believe that there are so many of us that are committed to getting this done, that it that people are going to be satisfied with the bill that we get. Well, I mean, I'm optimistic about that because I believe that. I mean, we just talked about it. Like, there's definitely people who are. Everybody knows that this is a, this is serious business. Like, nobody's fucking around. Um, so that I believe, but I still, you know, I, obviously it's hard for me to break my cynical view. <laughs> um, so, like, what do you think when you when you say that? What what kind of like if you, if there's bullet points like these are the three sort of like uh, we can say that this bill has bang 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 these three things that. Uh, we think are really impactful, significant reform. Yeah. So the bill is going to have the ability for uh, records to be accessible to the public. The bill is going to have the ability to create community review boards within, I believe it's different police precincts. I believe that it will be. Um, and those are two, the two most important parts of the bill. And I think what is going to come from that part is going to be more detail in what that looks like. So there's going to be more detail in how the review board should be created. There's going to be more detail in what what ability they have. Um, I think that there's, when we talk about the, the access part, like there's going to be more detail in, in what um, records are released, right? So when we had one of the initial conversations around this, like we had the police on the line and police talking about like, well, if you talk about our entire records, you can see when a police officer forgot to get an oil change on his car. And they're like, well, we don't think stuff like that's in that should be in there. And then you have the advocates on the call, like, we don't want that information either. Like, yeah. right? Like, right. nobody wants that Who kind cares? of information. Exactly. Nobody that. wants that information. So, but the way the bill is written now, like, that's what you would get. So I think the bill that is going to come from it is going to flush all of that detail out. Like, nobody wants... 600 boxes worth of pages but paper. you see what that is right you see they're trying to say well if you do this you're going to get this stuff you don't want and you're like you're right we don't want that you know that's great um that it would be whittled down um my question would be and maybe we don't know because we don't you know there's no 
you know, final language to this. But take uh, Lamar Moses, for example. And again, this is sticking in my craw because they killed that dude. And so, like, we all saw what happened. We all know what happened. I don't have to fucking go over the details. <clears throat> and, you know, I give credit to Matt Meyer for releasing the, the video so we could all see, you know, what happened. Okay. What do you, are there specific things that in the, in, in the legislation we think we can pass next session? Like, what else would we know about that situation if we got some of this legislation passed? So let me jump in, Rob, because... You know what I'm saying? I, I, I definitely am digging what you're saying. And with the Lamont Moses case, it actually comes around more of what's going on with body cameras. So HB 195 was already passed. And within HB 195, now the Council on Police Training is tasked with coming out on what's going to be the standard for body camera footage, right? Meaning, when do officers turn their body cameras on? When do they turn them off? How would they be accountable if they turn them off and it's supposed to be on? And then, most importantly, out of all the footage, what footage is going to be made to the public, right? So we actually need people now advocating that all footage is made to the public, especially in cases of use of force or police misconduct, right? Because if that's the language, then anytime a person is shot by a cop, the body cam footage will automatically be made public. And there's a lot of opposition around this, and the opposition is not necessarily coming from the police. Surprisingly enough, the opposition is coming from DOJ. The Department of Justice is saying, well, if you put out the footage, it may damage our case. Hence what you just said with Lamar Moses. So we got to see the footage. We know what's going on, but yet we've heard nothing from the attorney general. And then even people who are advocating or protesting against that or uh, the government is fighting against. But we could talk about that later. Yeah, but body cameras and HB 195 but, is the way to get the so footage to my the My question would be this. Based on that example that we're all, unfortunately, acutely aware of, is there anything that would tell me who these four guys were, why they were in Wilmington, because we still don't know why. I don't know. I don't mean, I don't, was anybody told why? I mean, we know we're going to be, and I wrote this in the call afterwards, we're going to be told some bullshit that we're all supposed to believe. Like, I know that's coming, you know, rest assured. But we still haven't really even been told why they were there. We're just supposed to accept that that was, you know, fine. Um, you know, everybody saw that, how the incident started, how the police interacted with him, and how it ended. Everybody saw that part. Mm -hmm. So that's good. But, like, where's the teeth? We need to know who these people are, who these cops are. We need to know why they were there, who signed off on them being being able to be there. We need to know whether they've been charged. Like, again, not that they fucking didn't get their brakes fixed in time or they, they, you know, they had a car accident. Whether they've been involved in complaints but use of violence and force. Have they pulled their gun? Have they fired their gun before? How long have they did that? We, we need to know that stuff. Yeah, definitely. And so I'm just, you know, like I said, I, I'm, I, 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 I want to, I want to drill down on the details because there's shit we got to well, know. This is one thing I will say. This is going to be a marathon and not a race. So even with the passage of SB 149 
even if they get it right with the body camera standards, we still not may even get all the information that you just mentioned. Nope. Right? But, I mean, that's typical in Delaware, right? Anytime we're fighting against systems of oppression, it never happens how it's supposed to happen when it's supposed to happen. But I don't... I don't even think that's just typical in Delaware, right? Like, I think that's typical in policy. Like, I, I think that when one party group of people would have you pass a bill that the other group of people don't like, that other group of people is always going to be looking for loopholes, right? Like, that's why the work never ends, because we need to continuously say, okay, well, they found this loophole. All right, fine. How do we fix that loophole? Like, I don't think that that is... A luxury that we will never have ever have a battle of no longer fighting there's always going to be people trying to find a way to get out of the things that they don't want to do and i like to just make it local because we here in delaware no, you're so right. you're i don't right. like to argue the national way or the national policies i like to just talk about you're, you're absolutely here right but here out. too like it happens here too i think there's always going to be a measure of accountability that we will all always have to have once we pass our, our pass our bills once we get our things done that we want to get done we always still have to be making sure that it's working out the way that we want it to work, work out. out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's definitely not a unique situation, but we have to approach it. I mean, we have unique context. You know, whatever. We have, you know, the makeup of the legislature is X. You know, our, 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 our state is small. We have one big, or we have a tax haven in the state. Hmm. You know, that people are run international uh, tax avoidance out of here. Um, you know, we have, so our context is different. We have to approach it in a different way. But this, but this, the, the situation is not uncommon, you know, at all. All right. So, I know we got time constraints. So I'm just going to go in with the. <laughs> I'm going to go in with the, with, the good with, stuff. With the stuff now. All right. And if now. we can get to the other stuff, the good stuff afterwards. Anybody we'll got a reason that. for me to sneak out of here? Right? No. <laughs> so, um, we had a big, big news day today. Huge news day. Oh no. On one hand, on one hand, the the House Ethics Committee uh made a statement uh made a predictable statement that they stated <laughs> that I knew they would state typical Delaware. So they stated it, you know. <laughs> Just so again, so the 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 and I I will say the Gerald Brady situation ended the way that I expected it to, although I was very proud of the advocacy that went into um, trying to hold somebody accountable. I'm very. We may be having some of those advocates in to talk about how they um, they organized and did advocacy with the National Union, which I thought was inc incredibly important. But again, you know, Brady's not running for uh, re-election, and you know they're just going to fucking kick the can down the road for like free speech or whatever, which. Who cares? Because um, we know who's going to be the next rep from this district already. Um, we've spoken, and um, and that'll be that. And then we'll just, you know, that will be that. Uh, and then on the other part of it, and Ty and I have had many, many controversial conversations about this. Senator Darius Brown today was uh, was named the uh, the chief executive officer of uh, Hope Wilmington. I hope he doesn't get convicted. <laughs> That's what I hope. Oh, my. I mean, 
See? Look, here's here's the thing. Everybody any. deserves a second chance, right? Wait, wait, wait. I don't buddy, know. buddy, we've had Ty and I have Back had this conversation. <laughs> so before before I make before I make Marie before I make Marie's already trying to fucking get out. It's not happening. I've like, already yo. put the four. I designed this four microphone setup so Marie could not get out of this place without <laughs> diving across. But I will I will allow Marie to um to gather her thoughts and I'll and I'll let Ty do her do her thing because. Ty and I have talked about this. You know, we we released a, a, a podcast on it. I wrote something in a call on it, and and again, I there, there's there's different ways to look at this, and I think that those are important critiques to make of how the media handles stuff, how the Senate handles stuff against the House, how um, how violence is handled rather than you uh, know uh, you know, uh, uh, you know uh, uh, poor language uh, or or whatever. Um, so I get all of those differences, but this shit's fucked up. <laughs> I mean, but Ty, give it to me. I'm just trying to understand, like, how? How does this happen? You know what I mean? Like, how? In 2021, I, I don't understand. I don't understand. Like, how do we keep letting this happen? That's where I'm just trying to. Uh, how? Like, nobody's even afraid anymore. Like, how? Yeah. Well, here's here's what I'll say, and this will be my question to to Marie. You know, I, I was involved with all this stuff, and I talked to people about it, elected officials about it. And the one thing that struck me, especially comparing the two things, and the Andrea Bennett thing, which I think, again, I, I understand why that's not maybe yeah. part of it. Um, but in talking about all of those sort of behavioral behaviors, how are, how are you behaving? Like, what, what's, the, what's the standard by which you should behave? Um, I, I, I understand that on one side, there was an organized effort to make a case about it, which was legitimate in my view. And on the other side, there was not an organized effort to discuss it really at all. Other than like being like, oh, look at this guy doing this, doing that, and I don't know whether that's uh, has to do with like his constituency or the Senate, or and again, I've said this before. I understand some some people get you know you do a rash act where you get a, a, a rush of blood to the head and you do something fucking stupid, uh, even uh, violence is is sort of different than having like an obvious predilection to just talk about people like they're dirt like that's a little bit different i get that part too but i mean marie what's your, what's your take on it what uh, as much as you feel comfortable saying like I, i'm really not trying to put you on the spot I can't i'm tell. not really i i just want to i just want to hear what you what you think about it because it got weird like between the two things i think and i'm wondering what you think about it First thing I'm going to do is point everyone's attention to your sign up here that says, I don't have all the answers. All right. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, and I can't really yes. that. Good job. Good job. Do you I see what it says on the bottom? Nope. nope. I can't see you it from my hand. You don't have to worry about okay. that. So, yeah. So, I have a placard in here, and I've taken it to probably five or six um, a Planned Parenthood and, and Choice um, protest and counter protests when when people come out pro-lifers come out and the bottom says um well so it says yes i don't have all the answers and the bottom says so i support your right to choose oh that's what that says 
Can't really see it from where you're at. Yeah, like, actually, yeah. That's why I wanted. I, otherwise, I kind of wouldn't have said it. But since since um, we're we're in that we're in that realm now. Yeah. So that's a um, that's a pro-choice placard. But yeah, I, I don't like. There really isn't an answer. It's just like, what's your perspective on it? Like, I don't expect anybody to have an answer. I yeah. really don't. I and and I'll be completely transparent. I really, I I don't have one. Um, it is a. <laughs> Excuse my French, but it's like a fucked up situation. It really it is. is. Like, um, I, what I will say is that in one chamber we saw leadership take action, right? And I think that that is important. It sets a, a set a precedent for like what one chamber will tolerate versus. And 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 I'm I'm saying that to your point where you saw like where you're saying there was one case that. Um, there was organized effort around behind, right? But uh, part of me wonders if there was not organized effort around the around what took place in my chamber. If it's right. because there was a response by leadership, part one, and part two, because there's always going to be a movement to have to protect Black women, mm-hmm. um, and then part two, I wonder if there's was an expectation that there was not going to be a response from a response or a repercussion from the other chamber. And so people in the community felt a need to rally in that way. Um, Yeah. I mean, I think that's right. Yeah. I mean, that's fair because I mean, certainly the professional, well, on one hand, the professional sanction within the state Senate and maybe within the party for all I know, is probably significant for, for Senator Brown. But in the House, yeah, you're right. Nothing would have happened otherwise. But the professional sanction is that he's not going to run again. So his career, his career, at least in the legislature, is over. So, I mean, there was, both, there, was, there was both enforced professional sanction. It just one came sort of from the inside and one came from the outside, I guess. Oh no, I see it kind of different, man. Yeah. I, no, I want to hear I that. I see it as black and white, man. Do you? You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, I mean, I know Todd does too. All politicians, and you know, in, in fairness, I like to compare apples to apples and oranges to oranges. So, in my perspective, I look. I compared it to the Bennett case. Yeah. Not only with how leadership within government handled it, but how the charges was handled. I mean, Bennett's charges were dismissed what hours a day after the incident. You know what I mean? And then, on the other hand, we still are having conversations about this person's incident, not even knowing the ultimate factor. Now, what happens if this man goes to court in December and all charges are dismissed? Or even a a jury finds him innocent? Are there then publicly apologies for everything that we're talking about and doing? Heck no. To me, it's more of a black and white issue, man. If you're a person of color and you make a mistake or even are accused to be at fault for something, you immediately have to suffer consequences. But if you are a person, a a white person in the state of Delaware with influence and you make a mistake or participate in misconduct, then you can then talk your way out if the situation isn't that big. So that, that's more of how I see it. It's like the benefit of the doubt thing. Because, you know, like when it comes to people of color, we're expected to always jump through extra hoops and we have to be the best to cream de la crop. You know what I mean? We can't just go in and just, you know. So 
when they mess up, it's always like there has to be some extenuating circumstances. <laughs> right. Like it can't be just, oh, you know, oh no, she beat her husband. He must have done something to her. <laughs> you know, there's no way she would do such a thing. Yeah, I mean, I said that too. I, I and I, I kind of opened up about my past. You know, I'm not a, I'm not, a, I'm no angel. This probably will come as a surprise to uh, everyone here. But I, <laughs> I know this is very shocking. Yes, it is. Um, but I do have, and I think I said this uh, maybe to Ye Jun. I, I don't remember, but I said I, I do have more sympathy for somebody who, like I said, has a rush to the head, and makes a mistake in a emotional situation than I do with somebody who's obviously a total dirtbag. But, but again, I think it's a perspective thing as Hanif said, but I, I, I guess I, I just, I'm just happy that these conversations are being had because mm -hmm. I, because there's, there's, there's bones to pick on, on all sorts of sides of it. But are we allowed to talk about the letter? Yeah, we can talk about anything. Well, we, we, do you think we're not allowed to talk about something? Yeah, Don't sure. fucking turn Carl. First Don't ask Carl rights. whether we can talk. This is bullshit. I'm sorry. This is how. Start a war this he is gave how. Me the letters, this the problem, folks. This, I, I know some of you are on the fence. I know some of you. Some of you are on the fence That's about related. whether to to do patronage, and you're like, you know, I could I could go to patreon.com slash the Highlands Bunker. I could give ten dollars a month. And it would be great. Like, Rob's fucking going off. He's doing his thing, whatever. And he's real. He's genuine. But, like, how much is fucking Carl cutting out? <laughs> <laughs> like, what's really happening? Are people like Ty Greer <laughs> turning to Carl and being like, can we talk about something? <laughs> is that what's happening? Because I'll tell you what, ladies and gentlemen, I have to be honest, comrades and friends, I wouldn't fucking pay for it either. <laughs> fucking Carl's doing this fucking kind of bullshit. The best part is Carl just sitting like, I'm just, I'm, I'm just working. Carl said the bombs are not for me to get <laughs> I will say he cut some he cut some shit out of um he'll probably cut this out too. <laughs> we had Andrew Sharp in here. Uh, we had a great conversation about local journalism. He's doing something and he was with News Journal. He's doing something in Sussex. But I went off on this big tangent about Delaware Live and fucking Ben Dupont and how like that just just nasty vile stuff. And uh, I noticed in the final cut none of it. Made. <laughs> Well, come on, Great back job. to the letter. Just tie on oh, yeah, so let's talk about the letter. Yes, thank you. So let's let's just say I'm. I was kind of like. <sighs> so what letter are we talking about? Are we, can you want to give with the back? The lawyer. Um, oh, Nur, uh, no, I almost said Nuremberg. Yeah. <laughs> Whoops. So Sorry, I'm just buddy. like. I was probably just like, yeah, you know, you guys organize over it. Like that letter made me like, you know what? He gotta go. Like the that, 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 that just took me. The... It took me out of my seat on my feet. Like that letter's ridiculous. <laughs> Wasn't good. Period. Yeah, I mean, do you want to? Do you want to? Uh, I mean, yeah, basically said it was like he's being uh, canceled. Yes, he's cancel being, culture. He's being Maybe canceled somebody's... for his views. I'll tell you what, I've been I've been canceled many times for my views. But uh, it's not fun. But uh, it's not actually that important either. But his so views were bigotry. Like this, was, there was no views. <laughs> like he added no, stuff that wasn't That's even the there. It's a little weird. It's a. It is. A, it, it's very strange that the defense of it is like. Well, he just thought he was talking to his buddy. I mean, that's like that was okay. <laughs> like that's weird. That's weirdo stuff. No. Because I'll, you, the thing you're thinking is like, well, like what if he said like Nazi clan shit, which is kind of what he did. Like, is that 
Does that still fall under that? Like, but again, you have to look at it like it's all legal maneuvering. He wanted something on the public record around the time that the ethics thing came out. It's all bullshit. Horse and pony stuff, but it's just a, a, that right there. I wish if they would have started with the letter, we would have went harder. I swear, because that letter was ridiculous, and that that was a good reminder. I just want to put this out here. Hope it makes it. Um, that was a good reminder that. We need to jump on when it's bullshit. Don't wait. We should have jumped on it from the beginning. We should organize around it way better because we because we didn't. What happened happened anyway. But I don't feel like we did as much as we could have, and I regret that because that letter really. When I tell you that letter took me out of my seat, I'm like, oh hell no, he needs to go. I didn't know it was a letter, but did you know he actually tweeted? He said, uh... No, bro, 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 no, bro. No, that's, no, a, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a satire account. Oh, 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 I'm not fucking bothering you. I was going to share that. that. Right <laughs> yeah. oh, I was like, is this real? I'm like, Buddy, oh, it almost it got me. Great. It's probably fucking Carl doing it. He's probably fucking behind the goddamn thing. I saw, I saw it a couple, I saw it a couple days ago. I saw it about two or three days ago. And I was like... What the fuck? And I so I hit the thing. I'm like, oh, August 2021. <laughs> I was like, all right, I get it. But then we were just having dinner tonight. Nurse Susan and I were having dinner, having talking about our day. She's looking at her phone. She was like, is Gerald Brady on Twitter? I was like, no, 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 no. satire, satire, satire. I love it. As okay. someone who okay, had a spoof account made after them, uh, that is a scary feeling. Okay? Satire, satire. Yes, that's not. I know I exactly live, what you're yeah. talking about. But even even Nurse Susan was like, you know, he he is fucking stupid though. He might do something <laughs> like this. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know, man. There's so many different um, ways to look at. It. I, I I just what just really want to have these conversations because. Yeah, I mean, I do see the nuance in it. You know, on one hand, I think what Brady did is far worse. By far. Um, because it's like this ingre- this this innate he's he he lifted the mask on this sort of systemic innate bullshit. But on the other hand, he didn't really do anything. Like he he used a bad word, but he's the same person we always thought he was. Like he didn't actually do anything. Whereas Darius has a fucking history of just fucking flying off the handle and throwing glasses and fucking shit. Allegedly. Which again, I, I, that's only, and I kind of agree with what he said. <laughs> I, I wrote something I in the call part. to that effect about the way that the media sort of portrayed this because mm-hmm. I, I sort of agree with your perspective on it. But on the other hand, like you gotta fucking relax, dude. Fucking take on, it, take Ron. it easy. Uh, again, black and white. His yep. situations are highlighted. How many white guys are flying off the handle throwing glasses exactly. around well, that are legislators? I mean, we don't know about the way that. The, I mean, you know, I'm not the a black guy. Stuff is magnified. We don't really talk and it about the, the white paper, guy. It hit the paper. It hit the paper immediately like did he get he out the parking lot home. that's what i'm saying did he get out the parking lot like yeah. i mean you're uh, look you know and, and, I think so that's I'm, like, and i'm not again, justifying and, what he did and i'm not so either not at all if i was found look, guilty he should have consequences for his acts but we don't I, even know if he's I, I wrote the thing in the call about the way that the media handled the two things because i agree with you i'm like well that's a little weird that they did like that the that the uh uh the Andrea Bennett thing was like her legislative thing. picture, and, and the one, one and, and was like, yeah, you got a mugshot. Yeah, mug like shot. I never saw Angela, uh, uh, Andrea Bennett's mugshot. What the fuck is that? Like but I, I, think- I completely like you. That perspective, I think, is well played out. Like that, people should understand that that is what's happening. But I also like, you know, I also sort of have to go back to what Marie said, right? Like, you got to. I mean, domestic violence is no joke. You can't kind of like laugh it off. I think you have multiple complex issues going on here, right? Like you have clear bigotry, you have 
domestic violence, you have media portrayal. Like these are all multiple issues going on and each one deserves actual attention and, and debriefing and investigation. Um, You have how women are treated. You have how men are treated. You have how black people are treated, how white people are treated. Like these are all multiple issues. And it's so interesting to be like on the quote unquote inside and in, in seeing how this, how, how it kind of works out versus, and, and when I say inside, I'm including all of you too, right? Because you're, you're a part of this process we're and you know all of these people. Folks, we're, uh, I don't yeah, know. So, look, this is one of the reasons why you should probably go to patreon.com. <laughs> you should. I mean, you this should. is, a, this is inside bullshit. Inside. <laughs> it, Being it really inside. Ty Greer really is, is on the inside. <laughs> Ty is the inside, actually. Ty is the inside. But, but seriously though, like, right? Like it's, it's interesting to be a part of these processes and have to sit down and really dissect each one of them and figure out how you feel about them. When you know the people, mm-hmm. when you work with the people, when you try to get things done with the people, like, and you can't cancel them out of your life, right? Which also, like, when did canceling cancer culture become like legal? Jargon? I know, like, that's really? crazy. To me, but, like, <laughs> seriously, like, it's it's very interesting to have to be able to dissect all of these things when when it's a part of your your work life versus when you're just a person, like, reading it in the paper. In, a mo- in the most biased portrayal ever. ever. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, no doubt. No doubt. I mean, like I said, the whole thing is... Um, I hope people sit with these sort of issues and kind of understand where they're coming from because I think it helps. Like when you think about the media perspective, when you think about the racial aspect, when you think about you know, domestic violence versus just some old fucking drunk Irish boomer. Doesn't fucking know. It's just because he's not going to run again. So he gives a shit kind of thing. Um, all that. It's, you know, you got to think about that stuff. So, okay. Last big, Ooh. last big bomb thing until we get to something fun that we can talk about at the end. Bail reform. Fiasco. Absolute fiasco. We're talking about fucking cop bill of rights. We're talking about a clean slate program. We're talking about, you know, protecting people's rights and trying to help people. And at the end of the fucking term, we go absolutely in fucking reverse. Literally. They slid that through too. In reverse. And one of the things I want to say, Rob, about, I believe that's uh, HB7. HB7 slid through at the end and got passed in a matter of weeks. So just think about SB 149 is on its second year. A lot of things that really uh, uh, will make it better for some of the most uh, disadvantaged populations in our state always take a while. A while. But the reversal of bail reform, HB 7, happened within weeks. And you have to keep in mind that they had just passed new bail laws in 2019. Exactly. So I, here, um, a year later, they passed a bill to send us in reverse. But I, I didn't know if you had a question. But <laughs> that just burns me <laughs> <out>. Exactly. <laughs> that I, think, I think based on the way that I said my question, you and I are on the same page on this. Yes, mm-hmm. um, let's do this. I think we're all kind of on the same page on this. And I and I should. We, it should it shouldn't. It shouldn't go uh, unnoted that um, our our guest I know tonight, that's right. Go ahead. Our, our, our guest go ahead, tonight, uh, Marie, 
Our guest tonight, uh, Senator uh, Marie Pinckney, uh, did not vote for this. Say it again. Even though, even though two other senators, who you know I consider friends, not really comrades though, um, they gave me a good uh, excuse. But I don't, I don't really care about that. They know who they are. Um, so let's just drop this bomb because this will be the last one. This is a be- this is a better <laughs> one. <laughs> because I just realized once we started talking about this, I'm like, oh no, Marie. No, Marie was with us on that. No, I got to think of something else. <laughs> what? Oh, that was a goodbye. That was such a cheat. That was such a cheat. <sighs> no, that's not true. This is actually, uh, this is, this is, ha- I think this is house business. So this is, you, you get to talk about, you get to fucking gossip and bad mouth the fucking house about that. I think. Yeah, no, this is definitely house business. Tenants, uh, tenants bill rights, tenant, tenants right to counsel. Everything looks fucking great for working people. You know, people whose landlords are fucking coming down on them, fucking, who knows what they're doing. So all, all, all it is is like, hey, you got a landlord that owns, like, capital, owns property, has his own house, a couple others. She has, a, you know, four. He's a big landlord. She, she and her husband, whatever. All we want is fair, like, give this person a defense so they don't lose their fucking home. And... The way that I understand it, and I hope people will correct me if I'm wrong, that a a member of the 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 legislative black caucus decided that the big interest group in her, in her district that she needed to make sure uh, was was looked after was the landlord. And I asked Carl. I said. Uh, do we know what the percentage of like renters to landlords is in this particular person's district? And he said, "We do actually. This is uh, this stuff that we it. had." Carl knew, <laughs> and I'll tell you, it was heavily, heavily weighted to tenants. Shocking. Not a lot of landlords, mostly Amazing. tenants. I think a few pastors at some churches in that district uh, owned uh, multiple properties, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm just throwing it out there. This is just information I got basically from Carl. If you have a problem. Talk to Carl. Uh-oh. Um, but yeah, another, again, another sort of disappointment. And I wonder what your, what your take on it is just as, as, a, as a detail of something that kind of failed. But also as this idea that somebody got got to at the end by some bullshit. Do you know what I mean? Like somebody walked in at the end and be like, uh, PPG can write you a $3,000 check right now. And they're like. Excuse, excuse they did it for only three k. Yeah, well, I think it was four. I think I think it was like BPG and then the BPG affiliate black shirt security system or whatever. It was like because it's always affiliates. There's always many affiliates. That's the other LLC thing. There's many affiliates, and so like, look, I get that. That's politics. I'm you know I'm a leftist. Take a lot of L's, mostly L's, if we're honest. Um, you know you got to fucking take them. Like you got to stand up and be tough. Have courage. Um, but this was particularly uh, biting, um, considering the context that I just said. Um, so, yeah, does anybody have any take on this before we get to something fun? Because I was extremely discouraged with the lack of solidarity. I, I don't think you are alone in that. Um, I was, I'm not going to say discouraged, like I was angry. I was incredibly angry about a bill that would have protected so many people Um it's disheartening. I think it's probably right to count what happened with right to counsel and SB seven, which I actually like literally 
blocked out in my mind until you just brought it back up. I forgot that, that even <laughs> I did notice that. My left eye is my bad eye, but I looked over and I'm like, oh no, she's not having a good time with this. No, I actually, I literally like forgot all, like I blocked that out in my mind that that happened. But um, like those were probably two of the most difficult moments in the legislature. Um, this year anyway, and it's only like my first half of my first <laughs> session. Um, but I, I think... Right. I think that it kind of showed us like we can't take anything for granted because we had this bill that <laughs> we all kind of thought like, okay, it's going to be a slam dunk. Like we everybody knows that we need this. Um, It's something that had been being talked about for a while. Like that's probably the first thing that the Holmes campaign talked to me about was like right to counsel. And um, it was exciting to have especially this year in the Senate, because this is the Senate's first year of having a housing committee. And so for right to counsel, like this huge piece of legislation to come through the housing committee that I'm vice chair of for the first time that it exists and for the majority leader to be the one to take it on, like there was a lot of excitement around this bill. And I think that we took for granted that it was going to get done. Um <sighs> Yeah. <laughs> I, I, let me just yeah. say something for the people and and, and thank you for being political <laughs> representative so stephanie bolden stopped this bill let's be clear i mean i don't, um you know it, rob thank I, you for not I mean, saying i walked it. everybody you, I, I, I walked representative everybody stephanie yeah. bolden stopped this bill and it's sad because in her district which covers parts of riverside and east side you have more people than being evicted than almost anywhere in the state. So the fact that we thought this was a slam dunk and then a, 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 a senior legislator from an impoverished district would be the one to get in the way with this is sad. And, and honestly, Senator Pinckney's one of my favorites, but the one thing that frustrated me the most this legislative session is the Delaware Black Caucus failure to <laughs> unite as one, one yes. and support the bills and laws that uplift and empower black people. You don't got to agree, and I understand that you have other uh, uh, interests. I can't even say constituents, because all your constituents is black, hmm. or the majority. So you may have other interests <laughs> where you have to take in consideration your other shareholders, but i love to see in the next session the, the Delaware Black Caucus, as a unit, support all of these laws and legislations that help black people. Yeah, and I, I made like a kind of like a, you know, my shorthand for it is sort of real estate interests and, and, and church pastors. Mm -hmm. And like, it's kind of a joke, but it kind of, it kind of is not. Can I go back to what Hanif just said, though? Something that Number one, you're right. <laughs> and I'm going to put on a record, you're right. Absolutely. Um, but what I will say is, and when I say you're right, I mean in reference to like the the way that the Black Caucus should be uniting. And what I will say is that we, we very clearly see that we have the ability to do that because it happened with the marijuana legislation, with the cannabis legislation, right? So there is power in the Black Caucus. Mm -hmm. um, and... And you're right, and I would love to see us to continue. I think we have a responsibility to continue to wield that power for all of those bills. And I have to go on record to say, like, you are right. We have we 
100% have a responsibility to do that and very clearly see that we can do it. Can, can I add to Jerkyville real quick? I just want to just jump I in here. I Did you say Jerkyville? Sure. Yes. <laughs> so sometimes we record we record bonus episodes uh, for people who want to uh, who want to subscribe online. And uh, yeah, we call it like Welcome to Jerky Town, and we talk about wild stuff. Dang, so I need to start to, listening online. Yeah. So I just want to throw this in here because we say what well, we would like. We, you must, because you know what? Next year, there's this thing going called an election, and they're going to need votes from these same people That's who's right. interested or not. And guess what? We're going to organize, and we have so many new on fire, ready to hit boots on the ground organizers, because we're going to demand accountability, and we're going to teach people how to demand accountability. So if you would like black people to vote for you, we need the black caucus to do other things other than caucus. We need you to do things to support legislation to uplift black people, the black voters that you're going to need. This is Hanif Salam, and I approve that message. <laughs> so we're going to start now in January, okay? <laughs> so that we, we're on the same page, okay? Uh, I love it. <laughs> All so right. Here's the fun stuff. Ready? Please the fun get to the fun, fun stuff, stuff. <laughs> please. I'm sweating. So, so um, has anybody read uh, Kevin Kelly's op-ed in the News Journal? It was out uh, la- the ninth. I got September. something from him in the mail today, Kevin actually. Kevin Kelly. So Kevin, Ke- yeah, he's still around. I, you know what? When I read this, I said the same fucking thing, and if I was like, "This motherfucker still." So Kevin Kelly was a uh, he was a city council person. He uh, ran the parks department, and he ran for gov- uh, governor. He ran for mayor, um, but he wrote a um, he wrote an op-ed in the News Journal on uh, September 9th, and I want to talk about. It. I want to read a little bit about it because we talk a lot about like what Przicki does in Wilmington and how it's horrible because it 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 it, it assumes that we have to give everything away and let BPG make money to like. Thrive, and it's not good for anyone. Kevin Kelly has a different view, so I want to talk about some of these things, and I and I really urge people to read this. And to be honest, like I thought the same shit Hanif did. I was like, Kevin Kelly's still around, <laughs> but then when I finished it, I went, I gotta fucking call Kevin Kelly and get him in the studio. So here we go. So he says, um, <clears throat> Wilmington has a huge opportunity with the American Rescue Plan funds. Here's why. My opinion, Kevin F. Kelly Sr., special to the News Journal. The city of Wilmington, along with the state and Newcastle County, are ready to distribute in excess of $1.4 billion to the, of American Rescue Plan funds. The time is now to focus these efforts on the city of Wilmington to help improve the quality of life for all residents, especially those impacted by trauma. The following are some proposals regarding the American Rescue Plan funds. So he talks about creating a violence pre- prevention program and focusing on um, certain uh, neighborhoods, which is which is fine, which is good. Because then he talks about community intervention teams, which we'll <laughs> talk about later in this, so just wait. <clears throat> Victim services expand to provide 24-7 trauma response teams, case managers, and data collection. Purchase a mobile van that can be used to provide on-site services. Move, listen to this, move the youth response unit from Wilmington Police Department to the Parks and Recreations and operated out of the Hicks-Anderson Community Center. That's pretty good. Mm -hmm. Essential workers. Here's another one. Essential workers. Compensate employees, merit and LSEs, who worked from 
March of 2020 to February of 2021 with a one-time bonus based on actual number of hours worked during that time. Larger bonuses should be paid to sanitation and park staff. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. This guy's on a roll here. Yeah, he is. This fucking old dude really knows his shit. Um, provide broadband services to all community centers, nonprofits, and religious organizations. This means that Delaware Call might get free uh, broadband. Mm-hmm. We don't, maybe. Okay. <clears throat> this is good. Employment. Reinstitute the Wilmington Employment Corps to provide job training for individuals who have been impacted by the criminal justice system. But the next bullet's good. Purchase the Moyer Academy as the training site for WEC. Like, per- the city will actually own something and not give it away. <gasps> Shocking. They'll actually own an asset and be able to use it in the way for city people rather than letting, say, I don't know, a large real estate company make money off of it uh, and then we have to pay them for the privilege of it. Don't make me get into that. <clears throat> Here's a great one. One of the best ones. Homeless issues. Purchase a motorhome and partner with an organization that can provide services for homeless individuals. Christiana Park could be a hub for the consumers. Second point under that. Purchase vacant purchase the vacant lot across from Sunday Breakfast Mission and construct housing for homeless individuals. No <gasps> shit. shit. Imagine that. Imagine that. Hmm. Homeless individuals. What? Make we gotta build. Sense. We gotta build a transit center down there that we have to pay to fucking Colonial Parking to fucking to, to operate. Hey Rob, I just this, got cl- one this question Kevin for Kelly's me. something something else. Oh, one question for you. Yes. Why did Kevin Kelly wait to retire to get so smart? He could have done uh, all of this while he was in position. I, think, I mean, I maybe he was trying. I don't know. Be. Oh, was that Jerkyville? <laughs> yeah. That's, <laughs> that's welcome. A, welcome. That's. You've you've, you, you've just uh, you've just passed your citizenship yes, for yes. Jerkyville. Yes, welcome, welcome. Listen but doesn't sound shit. like a place where legislators are allowed to be. <laughs> we don't. We're like the Masons, so we won't tell that you're a part. Nobody will know. No, there's one. There's awesome there's ideas. one more. There's one more just incredible one, and I'm trying to find it. Uh, it's 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 basically. I mean, look. I want to get everybody's. Um, I, I want to get everybody's sort of reaction to it. I want to be able to link it into this because, like, I don't think anybody fucking saw it. And again, as Anif said, like, I wish you would have said some of this shit before, and maybe you did say it to a certain extent. But the important um, piece of it is that Przicki's idea and BPG's idea and people's idea for Wilmington and the state writ large, is that we have to give away public resources and public goods. We have to give them away. Sometimes paying for people to take them to make money off of them. So we give them tax breaks and and, and credits and we give them tax-free LLCs and Opportunity Zone shit and all of the rest of it. And we give our shit away. When we could just as easily Build an apartment building for homeless people. Hmm. All I could think of was that 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 mobile home that they were going to use for outreach um, in the Riverfront Park, and thinking like, imagine BPG allowing a, mo- a homeless people to get services in the Riverfront hmm. Park. This is where we're at, folks. Anyway, 
Thoughts? Me first. Go for it. I think you're right. I think he had some amazing points. Um, it sounds like a lot of the things that a lot of the newly elected uh, legislators would support. I'm just going to throw that out there. And I think that as of right now, like there is no decision as there should not be a decision as to where those funds have been allocated to. And we do have the opportunity to advocate for that stuff. Yeah. I was wondering what your position, cause I know he's, he's focusing on Wilmington. He does say, and I know like, for example, Matt Meyer, uh, you know, I think is doing pretty cool stuff through the Hope Center. Absolutely. Uh, mm-hmm. In the know. 13th District. Yes. Say it again. <laughs> the, fight, the fight in 13th. <laughs> and the fight in 13th. Yeah, I mean, is it a coincidence that it's in Marie's District? Probably not. Hey. <laughs> we'll vote Pinkney. Um, yeah, I mean, he's focused on that, but I think, you know, writ large... You know, it's important to understand the stuff. It's actually important to understand the stuff even on a national level. Because, yes, granted, you know, city and and county and and state funds come from the federal government. That's how we, you know, that's how we back up unemployment insurance during COVID. Um, That's how we got the money uh, for the Hope Center. Um, All of that stuff. And so we can do that stuff. We're trying to do it right now. There's two bills going through uh, the U.S., Congress, the people should pay attention to, that are trying to do this exact thing. And we can do this stuff. We can make people's lives better based on the based on the productivity that they do with their own labor and based on the productivity of the whole country. And we don't have to have homeless people. You know, we don't. That's a choice. We choose to we choose to do this. Yeah, we choose to do that. I think it's also important for the people to know that um, there's always going to be funding. But this is like a once in a, a lifetime, lifetime absolutely, of absolutely. Delaware is not getting two billion dollars. This ever. is this is our new right? deal, but yes. better. <laughs> Definitely. So there are opportunities at the city, county, and state level to implement these innovative ideas that Kevin has offered, as well as ideas that others have. And I think the funds, because the funds are dedicated to uh, people who have been affected the most, right? And, of course, you have to look at black and brown people and impoverished people. Um, People need to advocate that these funds not only help homeless, but help everyday working poor people get over that hump. hump. $2 billion is a lot of money. So it's enough to be able to do the things that we need to do, but also do some of the things that we would like like to do. And I I think it's really important, and I keep saying this to people, and I'm going to say it again. You, we need to look at things that are more longevity. A lot of times people want to do stuff with direct services right now, give people this or give people that. And I understand that. But we also need to look at when we're getting funding in these different nonprofits or smaller ones, looking to stuff, permanent things. We're always going to have people who will donate coats and stuff like that. But let's get our stuff like when you need freezers for these nonprofits, the bigger things that we normally can't get, now is the time to purchase those things because those things will last longer in our fight to help people. Freezers are expensive. I'm just using that for an example. Yeah, I mean, I would talk about all of infrastructure. That's yeah. why I can continue to go yes. back to the, the Matt Meyer thing. Like, buying a building that's ready buildings. to house people yes. and has offices and conference centers and 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 and, and target all the Provide services, all the services they need. Yes. You know, it's not complicated. It just takes this idea that, like, 
we can have public goods. And we to Ty's point, it's funded for years out. Oh, he didn't just fund out. it for years. Say, well, filing grants, it's funded. Well, it's funny because I hit him with that during the COVID. I talked to him and I was really pumped about it. And I was like, this is called, I think it was called something like an emergency how long are we going to get this? He's like, we're going to get as far as I can go. And that's how we need to think. That's how we need we have to think. To, we have to think that. So we're talking about these smaller profits. Get yourself an office. Because even if you have an office, you can be a host, a couple of families during cold purple, like during those cold seasons. Like we need to think about long-term things because we're not going to ever get money like this again. And I think there's an element to it, too, that requires being bold, right? Like, mm-hmm. That buying hotels and housing homeless people is something that's done all the time in California, right? Yes. But that was the first time that was Delaware. ever done in Delaware. And I, you know, I wasn't elected during the time. I would love to be able to sit, take credit, and say like I helped get it in the district, but I did not. You it know what? Well, not let's, 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 let's not let's not let's not blow smoke. Edit that. Yeah. Edit that part. <laughs> Um, but like I'm pretty sure along the way that Matt Meyer faced challenges where people said Absolutely. well we've never done that before or we can't do that we won't we don't have this we don't have that but there is an element of this that takes being willing to be bold and try new things yes. and start new things and being willing to recognize that some of those things will fail and doing it anyway do it anyway. and doing it anyway Shout out to County Executive Matt Meyer. Hey, He's been bold on that. a couple he different days. He is a very he bold, bold man. man. We, we, very bold man. My, our, the, the bunker position on Matt Meyer is, uh, is, 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 is quiet support. <laughs> uh, we don't... Uh, I, 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 it's a great story. This will end like this. So, um, Nurse Susan and I were coming back from um, the Jersey Shore. We visited my parents for my birthday. I had another birthday, big Virgo energy hey. birthday a couple weeks ago. Happy belated birthday. Thanks. Uh, we, we were coming back, and uh, we were snaking through the city on a Sunday. No, it was Monday because it was Labor Day. On a Monday afternoon, nothing's happening. But, like, there's so much construction, you have to go snake all the way through. And we're coming down Delaware Avenue near Trinity, and uh, we're stopped at a light. We're going through the light, and I see somebody, you know, kind of messing with their bike, trying to get it going. I'm like... That's County Executive Matt Meyer messing with his bike right there. <laughs> fucking, fucking Labor Day. Labor Day, 6 p.m. Guy's out there doing his thing. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I I know that he's operating um, in a in an environment like everybody is, like Marie uh, was describing before. You know, and, and so, you know, I do appreciate that people operate in their own environment and they have to do, you know, what they think they need to do. And then we critique it or praise it as as needed, um, but yeah, um, buying that hotel uh, for the Hope Center was um, pretty fucking ballsy. Nice, yes, nice move, buddy. Mm-hmm. Yes, definitely. Kudos, kudos. Yeah, and I know he listens to it every time I see Matt Meyer. Um, he's like, uh, he always has just listened to the most recent episode. <laughs> That's awesome. He was like, "Hey, you just talked to this." Guy. I'm like, "Dude, it just went out like three days." Ago. <laughs> He gets an RSS feed in like his in, in his thing in, in his iTunes or something. He's all he's always on top of it. That's what I'm talking about. So, well, everyone, thank you so much for coming out. This was a real like a dream team the way this came together. <laughs> I mean, look, it's a super group. Ty uh, Ty helped out. He, he, you talked to Hanif. You knew he, the time. It all worked together. Um, I just I really appreciate everybody coming out. Yeah, we have some uh, some really exciting things to uh, to report coming up. Um, we have a we have a fellow, a student from uh, Dell State, uh, who's going to be writing uh, stories for the Delaware Call this semester. 
I'm super, exciting. super excited. Brittany is going to uh, be an advisor to a, to a fellow. There will be more information on that. I'm trying to get her to come in to talk, talk about it, but that's really exciting. Um, we're trying to uh, create more of a, a conduit between the projects of Network Delaware and the Delaware Call so we can, you know, we can provide people stuff through the autumn and fall um, about different kinds of organizing and different kinds of issue campaigns. So I want you to check that out. But really what you should do is you should go to uh, patreon.com slash the Highlands Bunker. You should look at it. You should be like, this guy put a show together. Like Marie Pinckney's on there. I know that's right. Senator fucking Hanif, Ty. Carl cuts out all the good shit. <laughs> <laughs> but just remember, folks, that shit is on a hard drive. What, what, that shit exists. So it should be you like know, a Christmas special. If, I know, right? <laughs> you know, perhaps at ten dollars a month, what we do is, you know, we send you a little, uh, you know, we send you a little something. Mm. Can you forward it? No, Carl will figure out how to like do like, like an NSA. <laughs> shit. So you can't do anything with it. We'll make. How about uh, one of those NFTs, non fungible token? We can make it a non fungible token, where I, I can uh, I can tell you, uh, dear listener. Comrade and friend, we will not be dealing in any non-fungible tokens oh. or Bitcoin. <laughs> I'm about to Google it. <laughs> well, before I go, man, I just have to um, claim my residency in Junkieville. I know that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I love Junkieville. So yes. I just want all yes. the people yes. listening to this to know that our beloved Attorney General is currently attacking our First Amendment rights. Sorry to put it to you so frankly, but that is just the case. So glad they you got currently back to have to to a lawsuit out against two named protesters. It's all public. You can check it out. The ACLU has decided to represent these protesters yes. in the case yes. because everybody's entitled to free speech. And I want people to know this is not about the protesters. Not at all. If they are successful in this case then this will limit our First Amendment right to how we could protest, protest when it's a government official. They're saying, oh, it's okay if it's an elected official, but if mm -hmm. it's a government official or if it's just a person doing their job, uh, we will no longer be able to uh, have free speech in the way that we want it. So I, I really need people to pay attention to that. It, it's going back into mediation. A lot of people think the charges were just dismissed. No. They're going into mediation, and tomorrow, if Kathleen Jennings decides she wants to move forward, then those named protesters will have to go to trial just to protect their First Amendment right to have free speech and to protest against things that they don't agree with. Our First Amendment rights. That's right. Affect our, everyone. And before we go, make sure you say his name, Lamont Moses. Justice for Lamont yeah. Moses. Well, let me read this because I'll... I'll uh, I didn't know this turn of events, so it's important. <laughs> no, it's important to mention this because when it came out, uh, when when uh, when Kendra McDowell won Keandra. her, pardon, Keandra, Keandra. I'm sorry. Yes, thank you. I'm always doing that. God damn it. Uh, when they won their injunction, uh, she had a great quote. Uh, you can't just silence people and think because you know a little bit about the law that that's going to be enough. To be able to place a gag order on activists or give conditions on what they can do or how they can protest. And she's That's really right. coming into her own. She is. I'm telling you, they're turning Keandra McDole, Justice for Jeremy McDole, too, into a beast of an organizer and activist. And I love every second of it. Yeah, I mean, my first reaction was, um, so 
I guess this all stemmed from some actions that were at the deputy AG's house in North Wilmington, who is the uh, the head of the uh, the Civil Rights and, and Public Trust Commission, so I guess reports to the AG. That guy's a candy ass, obviously. <laughs> the Delaware Total way. Weak. Yes. The head of the weak. Civil Rights Department Can't be trying to suppress black people for First Amendment rights. Look, think about this. He doesn't want his daughters seeing people blown into bullhorns. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? Some people don't want to see their brothers get fucking shot. shot in the exactly. exactly. So, you know what, bud? You just suck it up. And and I agree. I'm glad. I'm so glad you brought this up again because we talked about it before we turned the mics on. I think it's extremely important. Keep an eye on this. Yes. Because I talked to the AG on the podcast, and I said to her explicitly, I said, you know, I I know that um, people have been out at your home. I've been out at your home with those people. I've been out there too. At, you know, expressing my opinion. I know that it's not pleasant. You know, on a Sunday evening when you're trying that's to right. have dinner and there's 20 people and there's cops ringing your house. I said, but that's kind of just tough shit. Like I like I I wanted to like tell her like I understand why it's unpleasant supposed to be unpleasant like that's just you signed up for that and she kind of did understand that part of it uh, he he signed up for it too and I don't care that he has kids uh, this is not violent this is just Lamont Moses has right. kids too and it's people yeah I don't right. care if people don't agree violent. with what I say they could show up across the street from, from my house, house exactly with signs and bullhorns yeah, and just, I have to deal with it it's just tough shit uh, and I yeah I, I everybody take a very very close look at this because. It's an, and it also I don't think it's a uh, a coincidence that uh, when somebody's organizing prowess and activism prowess and um, sort of name in the community and you know uh, getting profiles in WHYY in a news journal and people know who this person is now you know the, the hammer comes down. The full weight of the government. And that's an excellent point. And that's why ACLU got involved. Imagine the full weight of the government going against two individuals. Yep. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm glad you gave us this update uh, today because I didn't know that transpired. And that also makes me want to... um, to talk to my friends at the ACLU to get more information about this to get the word out. Yes. Because, um, yeah, we're not going to stand for that. Power to the people. All power to the people. And uh, freedom for H. Rap Brown. I forget his I forget his uh, his name as he's converted, but he's getting out of prison. Did you see that in, no. in Georgia? No. A real old civil rights guy. Um, I I got into him because I had interviewed a guy from York College in Maryland who had written a book about the great uprisings of the 60s, um, Cambridge, Baltimore, and uh, York, Pennsylvania, and just sort of talked about the political uh, context around them. And uh, the one in Cambridge in Maryland on the Eastern Shore, which kind of hit home for me because my, my, my wife's from that area and you know I'm down there a lot, um, was sort of instigated by this SNCC uh, organizer called H. Rap Brown. Not instigated, that's probably the wrong word, but he was down there doing organizing. Motivated, right? Um, well, uh, subsequently, after all his organizing in, in I think the 80s, um, he was picked up for, for killing a cop um, and got convicted. I think it was after he um, converted to Islam. But in any in any case, um, his case has just come up again. And it lo- I think, I don't know if he's been released or he's, he's looking to get released finally because somebody else in, uh, admitted to the, to the killing on multiple occasions. And it's a politi- he's a political prisoner. 
Um, so, anyway, uh, free H. Rap Brown and uh, left is best. <laughs>